Silence is golden, especially when it comes to brakes. That's why Napa Silent Guard are built to be one of the smoothest and most quiet brakes on the market. Made with fiber-reinforced shims that eliminate noise for the life of the pad, rubber-coated hardware for a better fit, and quality design that meets and exceeds OE performance. Silent Guard brakes deliver the stopping power drivers demand. Available now at Napa locations nationwide. And welcome in to the second episode of the 2022 season of NASCAR Coast to Coast here on the Motor Racing Network, where we talk newsmakers and news shakers each and every week in grassroots short track racing. Welcome to the Concord Studios here in Concord, North Carolina. I'm Chris Wilner, joined by my co-host as always, Mr. Kyle Rickey from Killingly, Connecticut. Kyle, still in February, but you said it's a little bit of a heat wave. 26 degrees today? That's That's got to feel nice. Yeah, uh, almost out of the freezing mark. Uh, I think we've been under 32 now for the better part of uh, two weeks. And uh, saw the sun a little bit, melted a little bit of that three feet of snow we got uh, a couple weeks ago. So um, we're, we're inching ever so slowly towards spring. We're getting there one day at a time. Well, uh, the icebreaker challenge happened at Florence Motor Speedway, and certainly no ice here to talk about in Concord, North Carolina, as it was a balmy 51 degrees today. But we had a big weekend of racing, and it was kind of, you know, like the title mentioned, icebreaker really kind of broke the ice as far as the 2022 season's really concerned from our short track racing perspective. And uh, Kyle, familiar name, was back in the lineup and uh, whooped on him there down in uh, South Carolina. Mr. Josh Berry, how about that, picking up a big win this weekend? Yeah, former NASCAR National Short Track Champion, uh, picking up the, uh, the the 150 lap main event at the Florence Motor Speedway, Timmonsville, South Carolina. Great race, live on Flow Racing. Uh, took the lead just past the halfway mark from pull sitter Zach Miracle, and he never looked back. Uh, won by quite a distance, um, actually, over Miracle. Uh, Kay Brown, Trent Barnes, and Brandon Pierce rounded out the top five. Couple notables uh, in the second half of the field. Uh, Thad Moffitt finished in the 20th spot. Jeb Burton in the field uh, had some early race issues, though, finishing 22nd. And Annabeth barnes Crum, who uh, has been on this show in the past, finished in the 23rd position. Stacked field, uh, about 30 cars took the green flag. So good to see uh, a, a what looked to be a very successful opening event for Florence for, for 2022. Absolutely. We talked about it too, you know, last week, especially the car counts on the rise as well. So kicking off in a big way down there at Florence for sure. And, and you mentioned all the big names that were in the field and it's going to be a kind of reoccurring theme. I think in a lot of these races early on is you're going to see a lot of these car counts just littered with stars as we kick off the season. Yeah. And that's a thing that we, we like to, to spotlight here on the show. We are those stars, um, stars like Josh Berry, who, Feel like we've been talking to for the better part of a decade here on NASCAR Coast to Coast, and that star will be shining in the national spotlight this year as uh, he's going to hang up short track helmet here for uh, for a majority of this season and concentrate on the NASCAR Xfinity Series. And there's a lot of those short track stars out there that are hoping to take that same path to to NASCAR's top three series. 
yeah, and the next person is going to be the seat that Josh Berry will will leave open, and that's going to be Carson Quapple going to take over the full-time ride of that number 8 Junior Motorsports ride for 2022. So we'll get to see what he can do. Florence does open their regular weekly series on March 5th, so that's coming up here in just a little bit less than a month. We also had a pretty big race out in Irwindale, California, and no, it was not the Clash, although all the talk was about the Clash there with the NASCAR Cup Series, but it was the uh, SRL Southwest Tour, the All-Star Showdown, paying, t- uh, what was it, 15000 to win, I believe, which was pretty incredible. 25000 that's right, which is a lot more money than I will ever have in my bank account. But uh, Preston Peltier and uh, Derek Thorne went toe-to-toe the entire race long until Preston admitted post-race he had a little bit of a rookie mistake getting up into the fence there uh, just past the halfway point, and Derek Thorne was able to capture his second All-Star showdown for Byron Campbell Motorsports. An incredible turnout there as well as you know a, a lot of the short track racing out in the West Coast really gaining some traction here in 2022. It's been strong, and you just mentioned two of the big names, Derek and Preston Peltier. Um, both have found success for four years on the West Coast. Both have found success already this year on the West Coast. Obviously, the Chili Willie just a couple of weeks ago at Tucson Raceway Park to to open up the West Coast season, and then Preston picked up the win there. So um, good to see short track racing thriving in, in that part of the country as well. In fact, it picked up steam, and we see it snowball into – uh, the the Arkham and Arts West Series. Car counts last year for, for Arkham West have been great, and it's a lot of these short track teams that find success at the West Coast's greatest short tracks like Irwindale Speedway, like Tucson Raceway Park, um, and, and find success on, on the regional level of NASCAR and Arkham. And rounding out the top three there to put the bow on the Irwindale All-Star Showdown was Owen Riddle finishing in second, and third was Logan Beard. And now we mentioned SRL Southwest Series, but SRL is about to have a new era with a national series getting started here. Kyle, tell us a little bit more about that. Not really the Southwest Series, and there's still a lot of <laughs> questions, but it kicks off this weekend uh, in Florida. Imagine that, uh, the center of short track racing. Hopefully the weather improves there, because I know the sprint car teams have had uh, their issues with Mother Nature. Yes. Hopefully, uh, Murder doesn't have any issues, and hopefully, Citrus County Speedway doesn't have any issues this Saturday as they host the SRL Super Late Model Tour. 125 laps, fifteen thousand dollars to win on this quarter mile oval, and a good first time effort as far as the car count is concerned. 25 cars already entered. Big names: Ty Majeski, Jake Garcia, Derek Griffin, or Derek Griffith rather. Uh, Bubba Pollard, Patrick Starpoli. Um, this is going to be the first of, right now, three races. Uh, they're looking to expand that schedule as the season and the summer goes on. Berlin Raceway, I believe, is going to have a couple of events uh, on their lineup as well. So it'll be interesting to see how this plays out come Saturday down in Florida. And I like the fact that they sprinkle in some of the local talent, too, as well. You have Citrus cha- track champion Jared Irvin, Bill Bigley, senior memorial winner. Michael Atwell is amongst some of the drivers. So. It's kind of like, you know, their version, almost a little bit of the SRX. We're going to have the local talent and the regional talent taking on some of these guys are going to make the trip from the West Coast. So I'm excited to see kind of who stands atop of the mountain here at the end of that. It's going to be fun to watch on a a Saturday night, busy Saturday night of short track racing down there in Florida, County for SRL Super Late Models. And then another race that we're going to talk about a little later, the NASCAR Wheeling Modified. We're going to kick off their season Saturday night. Well, we uh, time to visit with our guest here on NASCAR Coast to Coast. And coming up, it's going to be Josh Berry. We mentioned he captured the Icebreaker Challenge win here just this past weekend, gearing up for a busy slate in 2022 that also includes his debut full-time in the NASCAR Xfinity Series. Josh Berry, when we come back.
And joining us now here on NASCAR Coast to Coast, the winner of the Icebreaker Challenge, the seventh annual edition, Mr. Josh Berry, gearing up for what is going to be his first full-time Xfinity season here coming up in 2022. But Josh, first off, congratulations. A big win down there at Florence Motor Speedway. Kind of knocked the rust off, get back into racing season. How good was that win for you and your team just to kind of get 2022 started on the right foot? Yeah, no, it was really cool. Um, that was uh, It's always fun to go racing with the the late model guys and, and that whole group's been really special to me over the years. And uh, obviously I'm turning that program over to Carson Quaffle going forward. So we wanted to kind of get a race in right before the Xfinity started and uh, have some fun. So um, we built a new car over the winter. I helped those guys. Most of, those guys did most of the work on it. I can't really take much credit. I've been pretty busy, but they did most of the work on it and wanted to go shake it down and, and run it. And like I said, it was good. And you just had a, had a good time. 150 laps uh, started up front. Didn't take the lead though until what just past halfway, I believe. Uh, car change much over the course of of the day and, and of that race. Yeah, not too bad. Um, obviously, our our car stayed pretty good for the the longevity of the race. I think yeah, you know, Florence is tough. It's it's pretty tough on tire wear. Um, always kind of got to keep that mindful. You got to save, and it's constantly a balance of managing your tires versus keeping track position and keeping yourself in condition. And, you know, those races can be circumstantial with a caution flag here or there. Like I said, we got the lead with about 50 to go, I think, and it, and it ran green the rest of the way. So that's like the perfect case scenario for us. But uh, it was our day. And like I said, we've had a lot of great, great runs in the late model. And it was just uh, another one for us. It was really fun. The last time you won at Florence, I believe you won the, your first Xfinity race at Martinsville, I think the next week. Uh, we're about to go Daytona here in two weeks. So you feeling that good? mojo here of another Florence win, maybe leading to another Xfinity win this time at Daytona? Man, that would be awesome. I mean, we all know how Daytona can be, but, um, you know, it was, I, Jacqueline mentioned that after the race and I kind of forgot it was kind of, I, I remember, you know, obviously I remember going there and racing, winning, and then um, it was kind of, it was a little bit emotional almost thinking about it, how much, how much has changed for me since that moment um, at Martinsville and how, just how big it was. Um, just how that big that day was. So it made me think about that. And yeah, I mean, sure, it'd be amazing to get a Daytona and get a win. But, um, you know, I think um, super speedway racing is something that I have very minimal experience in. So we're just going to try to stay out of trouble and make it to the end and see what we can do. We'll talk more about that in a moment. But you mentioned a moment ago, you kind of, uh, I guess, passing the torch of your, of your late model here um, following this, this race win. Here on the show, we talk a lot about, obviously, short track racing in the South. As somebody that's about to go national full-time in, in NASCAR's the two series, where do you look and how do you look at the state of short track racing right now in the South? I mean, there's a lot, a lot going on, obviously, North Carolina, South Carolina. Florida's going to be a hotbed for, for short track racing over these next 10 days. But you know, when you look at the big picture, uh, how's the health of, of short track racing, asphalt short track racing in that region of the country? You know, I think it's it's pretty well. Um, you know, there's obviously been a lot going on with uh, the COVID and that, that whole issue. And then now a tire shortage, supply shortage, the tire deal kind of, I mean, it's been uh, difficult to work around. But um, I don't know, it's kind of a balance there with the tires. I think that, you know, it discourages some people from racing, but it encourages other people maybe lower budget to race because they're not at, they feel like it's such a financial disadvantage not having multiple sets of tires to practice on. So 
Um, overall, I think it's pretty good. I mean, you look at the prestigious races, the big races, um, they drag, drag a lot of cars in to the Snowball Derby, All-American 400, Martinsville late mall stock race. So, um, you know, Florence, like I said, we had 30, I think over 30 cars this weekend, and that's a really good start. And just um, people want to race. They just maybe can't race quite as much as they could years ago. But, you know, the big races seem to be dragging the cars. How important is it going to be for you now that you take this big step in your career to still come back and run these super late model and, and late model stock races just because this is your identity. This is what, you know, your career is based off of. So as you kind of make, you know, the steps up toward the ladder, how big is this going to be for you this year? I don't know what your full schedule is going to look like, but are you going to be able to come back and run as many races as you'd like to and kind of sprinkle those in in your Xfinity schedule? Yeah, I would like to. I think um, you touched on a really good point there. And and obviously that's my background and and that's the kind of opportunities that I've had race racing over the last uh, eight or 10 years. And, you know, you take somebody like um, Kyle Larson, for example, I mean, he's right now, he's a cup series champion. That's what everybody's basing everything they do off of. And the guy races a lot. So I think you're going to see a lot of us guys find more opportunities to race, um, whatever that may be, you know, I, I mean, obviously I don't think I'm prepared to go race at the chili bowl, but, um, you know, I have a, I have some connections to race the late model stock and maybe a super late model every now and then. And I think I'm going to try to use that. I think, um, you know, Kyle set the bar that obviously uh, racing as much as you can is definitely not a bad thing. So I think a lot of us are going to base on that. So I'm going to keep that in mind throughout the summer. Obviously I have a two year old at home and kind of balancing that, but you know, I definitely like to race the late model. I don't know if we said five times for this year, I think that'd be pretty attainable. Chris mentioned a moment ago, Daytona, just over a week away to begin your full-time assault in the NASCAR Xfinity Series with your motorsports. You ran two speedways a year ago for a driver that grew up on the short tracks and is a short track uh, national champion at these bull rings around the Southeast. What's it like getting into that pack for the first time? And what kind of adjustments do you need to make as a driver, uh, not just physically, but mentally as well uh, for, for those 150-mile and 300-mile races at 200 miles an hour yeah so it was um you know obviously going into daytona last february i had absolutely no experience at all in that and um i relied on dale a lot beforehand we met you know we we spent some time together went over a lot of different things and but still really until i got there and experienced it i really wasn't um you know too sure of what how it was all going to play out um i feel like i learned a lot at daytona um and then went to end up getting to run Talladega twice. I ran it in the eight and then again in the one. And um, it was amazing the difference between the two tracks. I mean, it's, on paper, they look so similar. It was amazing how different they raced. But um, it's interesting now. Um, yeah, I've been I've been working really hard in the offseason, um, working with Josh Wise and his group. A bunch of our Chevrolet drivers are a part of that. And been working really hard, doing a lot of preparation there. And, and now I'm kind of to the point now where we're starting to do more uh, you know, less fitness stuff and more race prep. And it's interesting now to have the opportunity to go back and watch races that I competed in and what I can do different or better. And, um, you know, speedway racing is a, is a good example of that. I think, you know, I look back on February and realize, man, I did pretty good, but if I'd have made this move or this move, then it might've been a different story. So hopefully we can do a better job for that in a couple of weeks. You mentioned preparation. 
how big is it for you to be under the same roof in the JRM camp and, and just go from a, one department to the next, from the from the short track department to the Xfinity department? I mean, that's got to feel more comfortable than, say, being a fish out of water in a completely new team, a, a new manufacturer. So how big is this for you and your preparation for your full, first full season to have the experience with the Junior Motorsports Camp already under your belt? Yeah, no, it's really big. Obviously, I owe a ton to Dale and Kelly and everybody at JRM for all the opportunities they give me, not just this one. I mean, for racing with me for 10 years and um you know it's exciting um it's really exciting i think it, it's really exciting for a lot of people in the company i think that you know a lot of them have seen me uh, race late models and maybe not really even know yeah you know, not know much about me and didn't, didn't really know um maybe i don't know what i was capable of i'm not sure you can just tell that how excited people are because they you know, they've known me i've been right here with them. I worked here, worked for the late model team, you know, obviously late model race had a lot of success, but just the excitement is, um, you can feel it around here. I think everybody's really pumped up for the season and obviously got, you know, with Sam and Noah and Justin all coming back. I think we're set up to have a really good year. And uh, my final question for you is about the confidence. Uh, where's the confidence level at going into this season after the success you had last year running a part-time schedule? Yeah, I think um, racing at, you know, last year, winning Las Vegas was really big for me. I think Martinsville was, Martinsville was life-changing, um, but at the races after that were more of a telling of where I was at um, in terms of being prepared to race an Xfinity car full-time. And I go to some of those different tracks and contending for the wins, even though we didn't get the win, I think that it opened up, uh, you know, gave us a lot of confidence. And then, um Hopping in the one car at the end of the year, knowing that I had a full-time opportunity for this year already, I think it kind of just was a different racer. And, uh, you know, that was really, I mean, I gained a lot of confidence running their car and, and um, winning Las Vegas was obviously a big part of that. So I think for me, um, you know, the confidence, you know, I feel like we have a great opportunity. I think that, um, you know, our goal should be, to make it to Phoenix and be a part of the championship four. I think if you can do that, then really anything that can happen when you get there. So um, for me over the winter, my focus is just to be trying to continue, you know, just work hard to prepare for um, road course racing, super speedway racing, a couple of the tracks that I haven't been to. And then, you know, the tracks that I've already raced just to try to not change too much and just kind of approach it like I did last year. And, and um, like I said, we got a bunch of great teams here. Grants great people at junior motorsports. And I think, like I said, we're all excited to get going. And finally, for me, you mentioned comfortability and your preparation, but also being back with Mike, Mike Bumgarner, that's got to be huge for you. Part of your Vegas win. What's your relationship been like with him? Not only coming off last year's success, but obviously now taking on the full schedule with him. Yeah, no, I'm really excited for that. Um, Mike is kind of, I think our paths are a little similar. Like I said, we've been at, at JRM for a long time. You know, he's worked at several different roles, kind of as I have, and he was a crew chief and then kind of more of a manager. But um, either way, he's been here a long time and is very well respected within the company. And and um, you know, he's he's seen me come in and out racing late models for years, and you know, we know each other really well. And um, I'm super excited to go race with those guys. Um, they're 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 really pumped up for this year. And I know that, um, you know, they're, they're going to work really hard and, and try to, you know, like I said, we're going to try to win some races and uh, hopefully, hopefully we're able to accomplish that.
All right. Well, thank you so much, Josh Berry, joining us once again here on NASCAR Coast to Coast. Best of luck to you. Well, first of all, congratulations again on the icebreaker win, but uh, best of luck to you as you tackle your first full-time Xfinity season. We can't wait to see you down the road. Yeah, thank you, guys. Once again, thank you, Josh Berry, for joining us here on NASCAR Coast to Coast. Always a pleasure to interview him, and obviously we wish him the best of luck coming up this season. Now, we do have a few uh, drivers that made some news here in the short track world. Kyle Ricky, one of those, Derek Griffith getting a big-time opportunity, kind of like a Josh Berry, going to get his feet wet in the NASCAR Xfinity Series here in 2022 for Sam Hunt Racing. I believe his one of his races is going to be his hometown racetrack in New Hampshire, but it's all going to kick off starting in April as well at Martinsville. So another big-time opportunity for a short track racer like Derek. Yeah, Derek has always run well uh, up here in the Northeast, and he's taking his talent, uh, as we've seen the last several seasons, uh, across the country and especially down south. The last couple of titles down at the New Smyrna Speedway in the Super Late Models. He's found success in the Pro Late Models. He's doing double duty again over the next week and a half down there as well. And one of the ladies, uh, Chris, making some news, Brittany Zamora. Uh, Rackley War Racing has announced that uh, – she has uh, joined the team, I guess rejoined the team after running a pair of races with them two years ago. She'll run the Show Me the Money, Show Me the Money title at the Montgomery Motor Speedway in Alabama this season. It's a six-race series that kicks off on March 5th with the Alabama 200. Uh, she made two starts with them back a couple of years ago, finished sixth and eleventh, and last year became the first female to win at the Nashville Fairgrounds Speedway, a track that has been in the news so much lately uh, in a late model stock car. So uh, looking forward to seeing what Britain can do down there in Alabama over the next uh, several months, beginning next month in March. Absolutely. So a couple names to keep your eyes on as well as we kick off the 2022 season here in the coming months. And speaking of big time news and big time events coming up, it is finally the 55th anniversary or annual World Series of Asphalt at New Smyrna Speedway down in Florida. Getting ready to kick off here uh, later on this week. And I guess the highlight, obviously, it's 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 a week long of just action packed short track racing from left to right. But it all really kicks off, in my opinion, on Saturday with the NASCAR Wheel and Modified Tour kicking off their 2022 season down there with the uh, New Smyrna Visitors Bureau 200 and defending series champion Justin Bonsinger will be one to watch as well as a stout field, Kyle. Yeah, it's going to be a great field. Uh, about 25 cars on the entry list right now as we record this. Uh, you have Ryan Priest that will be there running uh, for the Bowler Racing Family, the number three legendary number three car, all in old blue. It's been on the tour uh, since before the tour in the 1960s. Uh, Matt Hirschman has entered for the event. And uh, this uh, name I haven't heard in a while, especially uh, in a modified, uh, Joey Coulter. Remember Joey from oh, wow. the Olympic Children's uh, Truck Series team? Um, found success in, in the truck. And um, unfortunately, you know, it didn't work out for him in the National Series. He's finally success at the short track level, and he's entered in a modified for Saturday night's race. So it's going to be a, a big, uh, big event for the modifieds, their first ever event at New Smyrna Speedway. Green flag set for 7.30 on Saturday night. Can't wait. To, and you mentioned a highlight of the week. I feel like almost every night there's something special. You have the Richie Evans uh, Memorial 100 at the end of the week for the Modifieds. Uh, you have special events for, for the Super Late Models during the course of the week. Uh, the ARCA Menards East Series will kick off their season early next week. So um, every night I feel like there's, there's a special event for, for one of the divisions and competitions. A lot of modified racing, though. That is something I love. 
Absolutely. And you can catch it all, all week long on Flow Racing as part of their new grassroots initiative and bringing short track pavement racing to the platform and uh, just really beefing up the coverage of grassroots racing. So super excited uh, to get to watch all that. It'll be my first time checking out all the World Series of Asphalt Action. So uh, I certainly can't wait. Uh, Kyle, appreciate your time, my friend. Stay warm up there in Killingly, Connecticut, and have a great rest of your week. I don't have to worry about it for one more week because then it's time to head south to uh, Daytona International Speedway just over uh, a week away. In fact, a one week away from, from Media Day. So can't wait to get down there and get uh, started for 2022 on the road with MRN. Well, thank you so much for tuning in to episode number two of NASCAR Coast to Coast here on the Motor Racing Network. Enjoy the World Series of Asphalt this week. We'll recap it all coming up next week. Thanks for tuning in. Have a great night.